It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Plenty to get to ahead on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. We're examining betting lines for BYU football going into this fall. At least one prominent sports book in Las Vegas doesn't think very highly of BYU. Allow us to explain. We'll also continue our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. Looking back at 1951 for the BYU football program. One of the better seasons of that decade. We'll look back at that and explain what happened. And of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at the various Locked On College Football podcast shows, and more specifically, the conference shows. If you have an interest in SEC, ACC, Big 12, Big 10, or Pac-12 football, we have a podcast for you. Check them out. The Locked On family of networks continues to grow by leaps and bounds. All those podcasts are available on whichever podcast provider you have interest in. All right, without further ado, let's dive in on a Tuesday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 25th, 2021. What's up, friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, in my day job, but I love being with you guys every single day talking BYU sports right here on Locked On Cougars. A reminder for you guys, listening to this podcast is really simple to do. All you got to do is tell your smart device, play the Locked On Cougars podcast or play podcast Locked On Cougars, and we'll be right there for you guys. One other note is Apple Podcasts is yet again having issues. So if you're hearing us on Apple Podcasts, consider yourself lucky. There are many others who are not able to get the show updated for whatever reason. I am very flustered by it. I know that the Locked On Podcast Network has been raising you-know-what with Apple to get it resolved, but hopefully it'll be resolved in short order. If you do find this on another podcast platform, it's available everywhere. Spotify, the Odyssey app, just a myriad of different podcast providers. So if you're looking for something to use other than Apple, and I understand many of you still rely on Apple Podcasts, may check out some other podcast providers. I'd recommend Spotify or the Odyssey app. I like both of them personally, but you might find something that works for you, and I would encourage you guys to do that. In the meantime, until Apple Podcasts pulls their heads out of you-know-what and figures things out. All right, with that little caveat out of the way, let's talk some BYU football. The South Point Hotel Sportsbook in Las Vegas has put out its early college football, quote, games of the year odds today. Those came out late last week, but really, I think, got attention yesterday on social media. I tweeted them out on the Locked On Cougars feed. Five games were featured in the South Point's early odds for the Cougars. And I got to say right off the top, apparently South Point doesn't think BYU is going to be very good against their Power 5 opposition this year. And I also can't blame them. So let's run down the games so far. The biggest spread is BYU in their regular season finale at USC. Currently, the Cougars a 13-point underdog. They think that Keaton Slovis and the Trojans are nearly two touchdowns better than the Cougars. The next biggest odds are BYU's annual Holy War game against Utah. Cougars currently sitting as a seven-point underdog to the Utes. 
Then Arizona State, who BYU will face a week after facing Utah. Both of those games, by the way, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo. Cougars are a six-point underdog to Arizona State. Then BYU is nearly a pick at Baylor on October 16th. It's just a one-point spread. So BYU an underdog by one point. And in college football betting parlance, three points is considered kind of the bump for a home team if it's a quote-unquote pick but they have a one-point favorite for Baylor there. And then finally, the best odds for BYU, according to South Point, is a straight-up pick against Virginia on October 30th. So those are five of the seven Power 5 games that BYU will play in 2021. Obviously, they'll open the year September 4th against Arizona there in Las Vegas. They will also have a home game against Washington State in October as well, but those two games did not make the cut here, and for good reason. I understand Arizona very much down, and who knows what Washington State's going to look like after a really uneven 2020 campaign for many, many teams. I understand why they would opt to say, you know what, we'll leave those off the odds sheets. They'll come out at some point, I'm sure. But yes, BYU apparently is going to be favored or not favored. They're going to be picked to lose those four games according to what the South Point is projecting right now. Obviously, as many of you know, if you don't, betting odds are put out there to get people to put money on these games. And of course, the numbers will manipulate themselves and be moved up and down based on how much money is bet on either side of that. But the overall gist you can take away from this is that BYU is considered to be a program a little bit of a rebuilding mode in 2021. As I have stated previously on this podcast, and I'll continue to restate it, I think that BYU is going to surprise some folks this fall. I understand the national perception, those on the outside are going to look, BYU loses 12 guys who get NFL opportunities, along with a few others who moved on. But I, it's just my opinion. This is just me speaking, frankly. I think BYU has built a really, really nice program under Kalani Satake. It's not sexy. It's not glamorous. It's not built on the backs of four and five-star talent, by and large. There are some four-stars in there, but it is a program that BYU is kind of looking at this the long game. Kalani has been very, very upfront about this, is that he wants to develop a program that is self-sustaining and it's developing talent. BYU is willing to take chances on two- and three-star talent that they see potential in and make them into quote-unquote four- or five-star talents by the time they're done in Provo. I think that it's the smart way to go for BYU because we all know that the Power 5 moniker is very much hard. It, it, not very much hard. It's That's awful English. Let's be frank about that. My apologies. But it's very hard for BYU to overcome that perception in recruiting. Your perception of that may be different, but I've covered recruiting enough over the years. I understand that the Power 5 moniker, which BYU sadly does not have because they simply are not in a Power 5 conference, it's a tough thing for certain guys to overcome and say, no, I'm I'm going to opt to go play for BYU. Will BYU get recruits that they have essentially no business in getting? They will because of the connections to the university from some families, connections to the predominant, man, I'm struggling with my English today, predominant faith in the school, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a lot of connections all over the country and the world with that, but there's also just that perception. There are guys who will say, you know what, BYU's not power five. I'm not going to give them a look. 
I think that BYU's done the right thing in opting to say, okay, we'll take those four and if in some case a five-star talent that wants to come here. Yeah, absolutely. Sign on the dotted line right there, young man. We'll get you in here. But BYU has to rely by and large on two and three-star guys who may not be the most polished guys, those quote-unquote diamonds in the rough, and then develop them. I like what BYU has done with this program, and I really think that eight wins is kind of that benchmark where I'm currently pegging BYU. Uh, the kind of the over/under for myself is eight wins in 2021, and I think eight wins against seven Power Five programs on that schedule, against also the likes of Utah State, Boise State, USF. There's a lot of good games on this schedule. So I think eight wins would be considered a pretty big success for BYU. Some might consider it backsliding after that 11-1 campaign in 2020, but I think 2020, as I've also stated on this podcast, is one of those years you celebrate for years to come because it doesn't come along very often for any college football program, especially the likes of BYU. So Yes, the South Point doesn't think very highly of BYU. I get that, but I believe in BYU and take that for what it's worth. I think the Cougars are going to surprise some folks. I think they're going to win some games that probably are going to be people picking against them by and large, but I do like the talent base in Provo, notwithstanding them losing a lot of talent from last year's team. I still think there's a lot in the tank for the Cougars, and the best part about this is, by the way, they can now preach, uh, speaking of Kalani Satake and his staff, they can preach to their guys, nobody believes in you. They think you're a one-year wonder. They think you're a one-hit wonder. Go out and prove them wrong. That's when it's a lot of fun, I think, as a college football fan, when your team kind of overcomes those quote-unquote odds and just beats the teams in front of them. How much fun would that be to see BYU just go out and have that us-against-the-world mentality? I think it'd be a major, major coup for the Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll continue on with a look at BYU football. But looking back in the history books, 1951, one of the better seasons of the decade in the 1950s for the Cougars. We'll look back at that here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com. Guys, absolutely love this company. It's a family business and serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, no matter the make and model of your own vehicle. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com's prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts, guys? And the best part about it, it's shipped directly to your door. Check that out at rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On or Locked On Cougars in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to check them out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need. That's rockauto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
All right, folks, 1951 in BYU football was actually one of the better seasons BYU had had in this run that we've been talking about. And like we've mentioned previously, but if you're new to the show, we've been counting down the 100 seasons of BYU football beginning way back in 1896 and carrying on all the way through 2020 in the lead up to the 2021 football season. It's a long running series. and I've had a blast doing it. And 1951 in the recent run here of what we're talking about is actually one of the better seasons BYU had. Chick Atkinson, as you might recall, our Friday podcast, we talked about the worst season in BYU history. 0-11 in Chick Atkinson's first season at the helm of the BYU football program. He followed it up with a 4-5-1 record in 1950, as we talked about on yesterday's show. And in 1951, actually put together a pretty good squad, a winning record overall. 6-3-1 overall on the season, but not very good in the conference, in the Skyline 6, or what was now called the Skyline Conference after they added two new teams in New Mexico and Montana this season. That's one thing that changed in 1951 is that the Skyline Six, which was the six programs who had uh, kind of reformed the conference after Colorado's departure, added two new programs in New Mexico and Montana. And BYU, unfortunately, was among the bottom half of this. They finished 2-3-1 and one in the Skyline Conference. That was good enough for fifth place. Utah State just behind them and then debutantes New Mexico and Montana in uh, second to last and last place overall. But overall, a successful season for the Cougars. And one thing that actually had suggested to me, excuse me, was from our good friend, Rich Hart. He wanted me to say, hey, Jake, I love hearing about this. And we've talked about Rich. He runs Insulin IQ, by the way. If you, He's been helping me with my health status, losing weight and the like. And by the way, Insulin IQ, just another shameless pug bit shameless plug. They're not paying me for this. If you need help losing weight or just trying to get your your life in order, your health in order, Insulin IQ is a great resource. I would encourage you guys to check that out. But Rich was mentioning to me, Jake, I love hearing you talk about these seasons in BYU history, but I'd love more context of what was going on in the world at this time. So beginning today, we'll do more of this, kind of let you know what happened in the world or in the United States, I guess at large, in 1951. So let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk about the season overall for BYU. So going back to 1951, in the United States of America, on the sports front, two notable things took place. The New York Yankees defeated the New York Giants four games to two to win their 14th World Series title. I believe the Yankees are up to 27 now, but think about that. They had 14 essentially in the first half of the 20th century. Absolutely incredible. But the Yankees, for good reason, are among the most storied franchises in all of sports. And also, the NBA, their first All-Star game of all time was played at the Boston Garden on March 2nd of 1951. So that's the sports context of what happened in the world of sports in 1951. But beyond that, the Korean War began on June 25th, 1950 and began the conflict which would last until 1953. That was the backdrop among which this season was played for the Cougars. Also of note, J.D. Salinger's classic The Catcher in the Rye was published on July 16th, 1951. Walt Disney's Alice in Wonderland, the uh, cartoon, many of you will know it's the 13th masterpiece in the Walt Disney collection of cartoons, premiered this year. And then finally, I Love Lucy, one of the all-time sitcoms. Uh, Just an absolutely incredible show. Lucille Ball. Man, I'm not going to lie. I am a sucker for that show. I watched it with my grandmother growing up, and it's so funny to me. Crazy to think in 1951, it debuted on October 15th 
on CBS. So that's a little more of the background, what was going on in the world around this season for BYU. But things started out swimmingly for the Cougars in 1951. They opened the season September 14th. They had three straight home games to open the season at Cougar Stadium. Uh, they opened the season against Idaho State, trouncing the Bengals 27-7. Then they beat up on Western State once again 67-7 in front of 5,000 fans. That was the capacity crowd apparently at that point. And then Hawaii came to town for the first road game in the series for Hawaii in this series. BYU, if I'm not mistaken, in 1950 made their first trip to the islands to take on the Rainbow Warriors. The Rainbow Warriors made that return trip in 1951 on September 29th and the Cougars humbled the Rainbow Warriors 20-7. to So the Cougars off to a very quick start. They are 3-0, obviously having trounced. That's going to be on their non-conference slate. And one note, by the way, if you want to win a trivia question or you want to have a trivia question involving BYU football ball put this up there how many times or what excuse me what is the team that BYU has beat the most times without suffering a loss the answer Western State the Cougars just made Western State for in their football history and Western State as far as I'm aware does not play football any longer they're based out of Colorado they were 18 and 0 all time. Speaking of BYU against Western State, formerly a conference uh, mate of theirs, but in this case, just absolutely trounced them 67 to 7. So you can wow your friends by saying, "Hey, BYU is 18 and 0 all time against which team?" And if anybody mentions Western State, just assume they're a Locked On Cougars listener. How about that? Obviously, they got into October and BYU riding high at 3-0. Then they played Utah at Ute Stadium in Salt Lake City. BYU comes out on the short end 7-6. And it was a very, very tight game for the Cougars. Uh, Franklin Branham scored in the first quarter on an 8-yard run. They got the PAT from Charlie Kalani. Kind of a funny name there. Cougars, uh, the Utes go up 7 nothing. Then in the third quarter, Ray Oliverson had a two-yard run that he punched across, and BYU misses the PAT. Bob Karpowitz, who was their kicker, was a senior this year, had been just an absolute stud, but missed the PAT. It failed, and BYU ends up losing that game 7-6. to Yet another heartbreaker in the history of BYU's futility against Utah. A lot of close calls in these early years, but BYU comes out on the short end. That got them uh, rolling a little bit, and BYU follows that up with a home game against Wyoming, who was a powerhouse at this point. They hold the Cowboys to a 2020 tie there at Cougar Stadium. Then I think the emotions caught up with them. They go to Denver, get absolutely smacked by the Pioneers, 56-6. They did not let that linger, though. They bounced back with back-to-back home wins over Colorado A&M. Now Colorado State on homecoming with a 21-16 victory. Then eked out a 28-27 win over Utah State in Provo as well. Reading about the BYU Banyan, the quote here says, the old wagon will stay in Cougarville as a result of a never-to-be-forgotten 51 game. Trailing by six points with less than a minute remaining in the contest, Satterfield, BYU's quarterback this season, punched across the score on a quarterback sneak on fourth down to tie it up, and Barb Koprowitz, who we just talked about, who had missed that PAT and that loss to Utah, hits the PAT that gives BYU the 28-27 victory. 
pretty impressive for him to bounce back in that way. Uh, by the way, LeVon Satterfield was the quarterback who scored this winning touchdown. A sophomore starting for BYU is kind of a rare thing to see this out of Sterling, Idaho. Played from 1951 to 1953 and not a very big quarterback. Five foot nine, 164 pounds, but he was the hero as BYU beats Utah State. They finish off the season with a split uh, final two games. They went to New Mexico for their first game ever against the Lobos. Got shut out for the only time this season, 34 to nothing in front of 8,500 fans in Albuquerque, and then followed that up with a road game on Thanksgiving weekend against Pepperdine in El Camino Stadium in Torrance, California, and shut out the Waves. 20 to nothing. So that brings BYU to their 6-3-1 overall record. One of the finest seasons of the decade. We'll continue to talk about these. 1952. Uh, Chick Atkinson, by the way, this was essentially his high point as a coach for BYU. And we've talked about a few other coaches who it seemed like, okay, they have a breakthrough season where they have a pretty good record. And you wonder, is it sustainable success? Well, many of you who know your BYU football history, that did not come until the early 1970s when one guy or a certain guy named Lavelle Edwards took over. But we'll continue to talk about this. We'll talk about 1952 tomorrow. Chick Atkinson's fourth season at the helm. How do the Cougars follow up this 6-3-1 record? We'll examine all of that ahead on tomorrow's podcast. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll wrap up the show, let you guys know exactly what you need to know as BYU fans here on a Tuesday. We'll get to all of that here in just mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, folks. Of course, the baseball season is in full swing. You can track all of that action at Bet Online. In addition to NBA hoops, the NBA playoffs, NHL hockey, the road to the Stanley Cup ongoing, even UFC and MMA action, golf no matter what your interest is bet online has it for you guys before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device betonline.ag is the address and check out all the great sporting news see what bonuses they have going and also their contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and make sure you receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. All you got to do to do that is make a deposit, use the promo code Locked On when you make that deposit, and 50% of whatever you deposit will be added in as free money to bet with. Yes, free money courtesy of a sports book. How many sports books are willing to do that? Well, essentially, the only one I know of is Bet Online, as they are your online sports book experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, my friends, before we go here on a Tuesday, let's get you guys caught up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan. Let's start off with this. Over the weekend, and I failed to note this on yesterday's podcast, but I think many of you probably saw it on social media, but BYU has announced they're going back to full capacity at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this fall. That is at least the plan. They have very much specified in the release that obviously it'll be reliant upon vaccination rates continuing to dominate, also making sure that uh, COVID-19 cases don't spike 
spike, all that stuff. So let's do our part. But the good news is BYU is planning on having a full house at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on September 11th when BYU takes on Utah. And I got to say, that will be a welcome, welcome sight for my eyes, considering I watched a lot of football with literally it felt like nobody in the stands last year. 2020 was just a weird, weird season overall. I don't plan on ever uh, seeing that ever again. I hope. My fingers crossed. I'm knocking on wood if you can hear that. But man, what a weird year and some welcome news. The BYU plans to go back to full capacity this coming fall. I'm so excited for that, folks. I hope you guys have got your tickets. If you haven't, if you're a Cougar Club member and the like, well, take advantage of it, guys. It is going to be a great, great season and I'm excited for it. And by the way, one of the better home slates in terms of games I've ever seen. Arizona State and Utah coming to pro Washington State. Man, some great games in there. So looking forward to that. Take advantage of the opportunity if you have it to get those tickets now. And obviously tickets will go on sale later this summer for the rest of you who may not be uh, Cougar Club members and they'll continue to kind of dole those out as they go along. But man, I am geeked out of my mind to think about seeing 63,000 of you out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium watching the Cougars play. Watching on TV is fun, but it's even better when you can see it in person, in my opinion. Also, other news today. Congratulations to BYU center fielder Mitch McIntyre. He was named the UCU West Coast Conference Player of the Week for his performance in four games last week. He was also honored by Collegiate Baseball News as one of its national players of the week. Uh, McIntyre is a senior from Stansbury Park, Utah. Led BYU to a 2-1 series victory over WCC opponent Pepperdine in the final weekend of the 2021 season. In 16 at-bats over the four games, he tallied nine hits, including three home runs and a double to go with six walks, also scored seven runs, had five RBIs, and amassed 19 total bases. Very, very impressive weekend for him. And man, just looking at this BYU baseball season in totality, it's just an absolute travesty they did not have the West Coast Conference Tournament because BYU very much was trending. They had three of the four Player of the Week awards down the stretch. They had really been firing on all cylinders by and large. It is my opinion, it's just me speaking once again, that BYU would have been a tough out at the West Coast Conference Tournament had it been held out there traditionally in Stockton, California. I would have loved to see BYU get their chance because the West Coast Conference Tournament, uh, for those of you who may not be aware, has been where the West Coast Conference, whoever wins that tournament, has gotten that automatic bid into the NCAA Tournament. Gonzaga, by virtue of being, I think, ranked number 14 in the country this year, is going to make the NCAA tournament. I believe they won the conference and by the fact that they canceled the tournament, they get the automatic bid. Man, it would have been cool to see BYU get their crack at a team like Gonzaga once again. Just see how they did against the conference's best because BYU wasn't at their best early on this season, but down the stretch, they absolutely turned it on and were very, very dangerous as we just talked about. Uh, McIntyre, nine hits, three home runs, and a double to go with six walks and 16 at-bats. That's incredible. That's uh, just raking uh, for those of you who love baseball. Dude was raking. There's no doubt about it. Man, one of those what ifs, one of those things you'll look back on. But nonetheless, we'll see if we can get uh, Coach Littlewood on the podcast, recap the season, because it is my opinion, probably have a similar take to mine, thinking had we had that West Coast Conference tournament, who's to say that BYU couldn't have gone and won it all and found themselves in the postseason. But nonetheless, they now look ahead to next year and obviously another season of offseason development. Hopefully BYU will be even better going into the 2022 season next spring. All right, that'll do it for today's edition 
portion of the show, please follow the show on social media if you haven't done so already. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Follow us at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, I tweet about a lot more than BYU, but I have plenty of news up there as well. Follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. And if you'd like to reach out to the show anytime, uh, advertising questions, uh, you just got general questions overall comments suggestions whatever it might be corrections retractions whatever it's whatever it is reach out anytime the email address for this podcast is locked on byu at gmail.com all right that'll do it for a tuesday hope you guys are all doing great out there go enjoy some tacos on me and of course we will talk to you guys again tomorrow this has been the locked on cougars podcast for may 25th 2021